0: Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadEx show with New York Times best-selling author and Inc 500 entrepreneur Kevin Cruz. What should you do if your team members keep going to their old boss for advice and instructions? Do you really have to be on social media every day to be successful in business? How do you allocate your time if you have two big things you need to do each day? Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to the LeadX Show, helping you to stand out and to get ahead. Today's the weekly wrap-up show where we take our time, we get to rant about whatever we want, we answer your questions, and I've got a co-host, Tara Millette. Tara, hello.
1: Hello everyone, happy to be here again.
0: A week goes by fast, doesn't it, Tara?
1: Just, yeah, it's just, to me, it's just wrap-up to wrap-up. That's all it feels like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wrap-up to wrap-up. And podcast listeners, a friendly reminder that we are now recording these weekly shows while we're doing the Facebook live broadcast. So uh, if you hear us making comments, you know, off stage or whatever, whatever that phrase is, it's because we're interacting with the live stream uh, viewers. And if you want to watch us record this live and interact with us live, then uh, go over to the Lead X Life page on Facebook and uh, give it a follow and turn on notifications. Only when you turn on notifications do you then get notified when we are going live. And we try to stick roughly to every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, but depending on schedules and travel, we might move that around a little bit. But anyway, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're uh, listening, welcome. And um, I don't know, let's, let's move on with it. Anything going on in your world, Tara?
1: Yeah. No, it's been a really great week, actually, so far, I have to say. Uh, I, w- I wrote a piece on, I want to say Monday, about uh, millennial job hopping, and I've been getting some feedback that people were like, oh, yeah, I totally feel that way. <laughs> so I that was
0: getting really feedback nice. feedback from millennials or getting feedback from old guys like me?
1: You know, I can't tell. It's all <laughs> I just see the name, so I can't date them by the name. But uh, <laughs> it's been mostly positive. So I, I'm right. assuming they're either millennials or like-minded uh, uh, people. But yeah, that's been really great. And then yesterday we had another um, live webinar with uh, Jeff Davis, and I got to kind of participate with him and ask him questions. And it was really cool to be on that live platform. It got a little wonky, I'm not going to lie, at one point, um, yeah. some technical difficulties. But besides that, it was really fun, really great.
0: Yeah, I and I was uh, actually doing a college tour with my daughter yesterday, so I wasn't wasn't there. I haven't watched all of it. But um, uh, listeners, if you want to be alerted to when we do live training sessions. We're doing all kinds of leadership, productivity, all kinds of topics. Um, go to leadx.org, O-R-G, and uh, sign up for, like, the, you know, weekly email or whatever. And then that's how you'll know uh, what's coming up the, the next week or the next couple of weeks. And, you know, what I just love about this, Tara, is it continues every week we're experimenting. So you and I did the, the inaugural ones, you know, trying to figure that out a little bit. And then, you know, we, we brought in this... Uh, Jeff, guest speaker, and you interacted with him a little bit more, and you know we're just experimenting. We're getting there, getting better every week, just like we're doing with this show. So, props for doing that. You know, we're learning a
1: lot. You know, it's it's been really fun, and we're kind of getting the wheels really turning now. So, there's going to be a lot more events coming up and stuff. So, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited. adding
0: value all the time. That's what we do. So, Tara, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, on a college tour yesterday with my 17 year old daughter, Natalie went to see Fordham in the Bronx. And, um, this is, I've now seen, I don't know, you know, half a dozen college colleges or whatever. And I am shocked at how, um, how poorly these tours are run. Like I'm very underwhelmed. Now, did you go visit a lot of colleges back in your day? Uh, God, I'm trying
1: to remember. I think I did. I, I kind of, I think I just applied to the one college, Concordia think, in Montreal. Yeah. yeah and I, I, you know, was pretty relaxed about it. It seemed like I was going to get in. So I didn't kind of do the wide touring thing that you're doing right now. Um, but uh, I, I remember getting, you know, decent amount of brochures and walking by a few booths, you know. I mean, but uh, what was so bad about it, though? What was so well, underwhelming?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess this is like my rant of the week. It's just um, most of them are doing the same thing, which is about 200 parents and students, potential students, you know, for them show up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we've all driven two, three hours or come in from out of town or whatever for it. And um, the first thing, most of them, um, you can never find the place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like how hard is it to just give like turn by turn directions so you can find the parking lot or whatever it is. Really? And um, the good ones will give you a little bit of coffee or something. Others like you're, you're hungry and tired and it's off to bad start, but everybody comes into the auditorium and then they lecture at you about all this information, you know, student ratios, majors, all this stuff for anywhere from half hour to an hour. And then we break into slightly smaller groups and students take us on a tour of the campus. And the problem is, you know, and this is where I know, you know, they have to do this several times a week and they don't have endless dollars, but it doesn't take a lot of time or money. Like if I was running it, one of the first things I would do is I would separate parents from the students because the parents have questions about like financial aid and what percentage of the kids graduate in four years, what percent of the kids get a job students don't care about all of that. Like they want to to see the dorm rooms. They want to hear about, they want to know what kind of food is in the cafeteria. They want to know about the parties, the social scene, the clubs, the activities. So like everybody's zoned out and like the energy just goes down for that hour as we're listening to this passive lecture. And for educational institutions, you hope their classes aren't like that. Like how hard would it be to just ask for the questions to come from the audience or to break into different groups or whatever. I don't know. And then everybody goes on the same tour. So you visit the same, you know, five places or whatever it is. And then they end you at the bookstore so you could buy some swag or something like that. But, you know, yesterday at Fordham and, you know, Hey, Fordham, uh, I love you because I think you're still on the list. I don't want you to hold it against my daughter. (laughs) There's a lot of positives there, Tara. I don't want to get in trouble here. You're doing damage
1: right now. They're
0: like, okay, troublemaker parent? No. But anyway, I should have said, um, you know, a Jesuit college located in the Bronx. (laughs) Who will remain (laughs) nameless. (laughs) Anyway, um, here's the problem. They tell us in this information session, oh, our most popular major is communication and whatever it is. And it's the film program, the video program, the whatever program. It's like five programs. And they just said it's the most popular one by far. And it turns out my daughter's interested in film. So this was the one she's interested in. So we visit, I don't know, five, six buildings over the next hour not once did we visit the communication building. (laughs) Not once did anybody see like where they'd be taking classes or what equipment they'd be using. And they told it the majority of people want to see that. Now, why couldn't they have like taken that group and said, anybody interested in a communication major, you're going to go with Tara over there. And those of you who are interested in the business school, which we did visit, uh, you're going to follow Katrina over there and they could just break you out. And maybe you still see the gym and the cafeteria and the dorms, but the building you pick could be based on your major. Like how easy would that be to do? And no one has done that. I mean, it's just crazy.
1: So, I, love, I love this rant of yours yeah.
0: for so many reasons. Well, so let me tie it back. So everyone's like, what does this have to do? Why did I tune in? Right. will so make up a tie back. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Seriously, if you're a leader, as an example, like don't treat all your people the same way. Like, you, you know, you need you do need to play favorites. What does everybody uh, what motivates each individual person? You know, how do you want to engage each individual person? What career path does each individual person have and tailor your time, tailor your attention, tailor your information to those uh, needs? Um, I don't know. That's that's a little bit of a tie. And certainly and if you're selling, you got to do, do the, uh, the same the same thing. So that's my rant for the week. That's my rant. It's a
1: very it's a great lesson. I really like I, it.
0: Tell I got all passionate about it.
1: <laughs> maybe we should send colleges like a Leadex leadership package on how to appropriately kind of bring people in and motivate them and make it engaging and create a system. For
0: them. You know, I'm not even making this up. As I'm zoning out in the information session yesterday, I'm thinking about all the ways that colleges could make a better um, a better program, you know, a better college tour. I'm thinking, okay, I got to take these points down, throw them in Tara's lap, have her do a little <laughs> research and write up a draft. So I'm writing an article in my head that for us to do and If we didn't have 50 other articles on deck, we'd probably be doing it already.
1: We do have a lot on deck, but I'm down with this idea. I think it could be really interesting. We can really get into that niche market of uh, tour guides at colleges that just really need a little bit more oomph, you know?
0: There you go. (laughs) Side business. <laughs> anyway, enough with my rant. Uh, I know we got some great reviews con- continuing to come in. Do you want to do? we want to pick one for the week.
1: Sure. Uh, I have it right here. I chose another long one. I know. I know you also like the short ones, but I love when people go into detail. So, uh, this one is from professionally average, which. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're above average. (laughs) I love these names. Uh, I know. And uh, this person says, this show makes my commute both tolerable and productive. Not only that, but as a massive introvert trying to kickstart a career as a thought leader and innovator in my organization and beyond, the content helps me to navigate around situations and scenarios of leadership that I would normally shy away from. Instead of cowering in fear, I'm stepping out and growing a little bit every day. This show is definitely helping me grow both as a professional and as a human being. That's awesome. (laughs) Professionally Average. You should change your name to Professionally Above Average because that was a great review. And uh, please reach out to us if you hear this. I hope you do. Reach out to us at um, info at leadx.org. With your snail mail address, and we'll send you an awesome Leadex T-shirt, like the one I'm wearing right now, and the one that Kevin's wearing right now. <laughs> um, it's very comfortable, so you'll love it. And uh, just a reminder to everyone: um, yeah, please go uh, go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And thanks to everyone who already has. when well, you might get some swag and a good shout out. Um, also. I want yeah. to let
0: everyone know it's like easier than ever before because not everybody knows how to navigate iTunes. So sure. just go to leadx.org forward slash subscribe and it'll bounce you to the right place. And you could just click that little subscribe button and that means a lot. And then if you want to click a few stars and say a sentence or two, that's even more. And um, and let us know. We'll add you into the ambassador program. We'll tell you to also follow LeadX Life on all your social media channels. But um, it's the single biggest favor you can do for us is to go to leadx.org forward slash subscribe and just click that little button
1: so true it's really small but it makes a big impact uh also want to remind everyone about our free ebook it's free yeah and it was put together by the kevin cruz and it's called uh richard branson's seven secrets to leadership and you can go ahead and download that at leadx.org forward slash branson Nice and easy. We're very clear about our, our, our URLs.
0: <laughs> Try to be. <laughs> a
1: little obvious, but it works. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, okay, so, hey, uh, let's do one of my favorite parts of the show and answer some questions.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And um, yeah. I know we have some people commenting on the Facebook Live right now and asking some questions. Continue to do that because we might get to some of those uh, a little later on. Okay, you ready for the first question? Hit me. Let's do it. Okay. This is from anonymous. There are two people on my team that previously worked with another leader who is in the same room. They still go to the former leader for advice and they do not cooperate with me. When I try to implement a new process or change the way things are being done, I'm always faced with rejection and it is affecting productivity in the area. I need to find a way to change the situation around. What do you suggest?
0: Yeah, that's a great, um, a great question. It's always tricky if you're taking over for someone and they're still there, they're still around. In fact, when I sold my last company, I took over a nonprofit as executive director and um, the executive director that was there before me, he'd been there for, I don't know, 15 years, a long time, whatever it was. And he was retiring and the board of directors reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we we want to shake things up. Would you come in and be entrepreneurial and all that? I'm like, sure. And <laughs> my very first board meeting, I go there and the old guy, the old boss, not the old guy, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but the old boss, the old leader, um, previous leader, he was there too. And it was kind of a weird thing where like, Halfway through the meeting, he got up like during a break and disappeared. Now, like that was officially now it's me. And at the very end, the board, someone, one of the board members said, hey, I want to make a suggestion that we leave Brian, the previous leader, like on as co-executive director for six months and we'll pay him because then he can like mentor and help Kevin and it'll be a smooth transition and all this. And they started to go around the room, we're like, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'd support that. Yeah, yeah, good thinking, good thing." And then finally, <laughs> thankfully, someone raised her hand and she said, uh, "Jen," she said, "Listen," she says, "I, I, I want to, I want to give a different opinion. Like, that's going to put Kevin in a very awkward place. That he's coming in, and anything he wants to do different, any new ideas, any his style, whatever, it's going to get challenged or it could be confusing. We can pay Brian. We can keep him." not as an employee so that Kevin can go to him as a consultant, but no, we should not have him around. And it turned out, and it was nothing against Brian. You know, it was just like, you need a clean handoff. So anonymous, you are in a tough situation where you're replacing someone who's still in the room with everybody. That's crazy. Now, having said that, here's the advice. First of all, I would... I'd make sure that my ego wasn't getting into the picture here. So even if something's not my fault, like I'm pretty sure it's not my fault, there's usually nothing I can gain by believing that. So I often will say, well, let's pretend it's all my fault. So in this situation, I'd be like, all right, look, is this really a problem or are my feelings hurt or my, you know, I'm not, you know, getting boss respect and I deserve boss respect. So just try to be clear on that and set the ego aside. Second You really need to talk to the former boss. You need to go to her or him, I don't know, in in this case, you need to go to her and say, hey, listen, I think the transition's getting a little awkward. I don't want to, you know, confuse the team members. I want there to be one direction. Do you mind? I don't mind you answering simple questions, but anything else, just direct them back to me and hopefully they'll understand. Hopefully they would want the same treatment and that'll take care of it. If it doesn't or if that's not enough, I think you just need to go down to um, the fundamentals of management. Your direct reports, you need to explain what you expect in terms of performance, output. And you're there for them to guide them or give them directions on how to do it. Now, if they're getting the results but going to the other person or not you, I wouldn't care. Again, that's ego. If Tara is going to someone else every day and getting advice and it's different advice than me, as long as she's getting it done, I'd be like – Great. Saved me time. <laughs> there were no knocks on my door today. Good job, Tara. You went and got a mentor. <laughs> but you know, So just detach yourself. Are they getting the results or not? And are they following a process that you need or not? If they're not getting the results, go into manager mode, go into performance mode, and hopefully the other boss has nothing to do with it. So that's, that's the idea. Get your ego out, talk to the other boss, and then just be very clear. Here's the standards, and they're either hitting them or they're not.
1: That is such a good point. I didn't even, when I first saw this question, I didn't even think of the idea that you should first check in with your gut and make sure that it's not just your own feelings. Um, I thought that was really, that's a great point. Um, And I would also just say that, and maybe it's just me. My instinct is usually to confront and squash any beef. (laughs) (laughs) My big thing is to, if there's an issue, just get everyone together and say, Hey, you know, me a culpa, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm not communicating the way you're used to, Uh, you know, Maybe it's something we're not on the same page with the chain of commands or how things are going. I just want to ask, what can I be doing better to help you guys kind of implement a lot of the changes?
0: And that's awesome, non-threatening way to bring it up, right? What can I be doing? Am I not communicating clearly enough? I like what you said that, Tara. It's not so much stop going to the boss or why are you going to the boss? Again, you assume it's you, and it kind of disarms them a little bit. I like
1: Exactly. That. It's a little more – they're able to kind of speak up to that as opposed to being like, hey, you guys, you're screwing up. You're not doing this right the way I want it. And so it's an easier way. Just put it on yourself, and yeah. then you're not really harming anything. Um, but that's great. Awesome. All right, so question number two from Keith. I know in this day and age to succeed in anything, you have to have a social media presence. I'm totally bemused as to why though, maybe you can help here. How should I go about it being so scared as I am? I only want the world to know my work and not the ins and outs of my knicker drawer, but it seems (laughs) as though one without the other is impossible. What do you think?
0: I think knicker drawer is a interesting phrase.
1: It should be his Twitter handle at
0: Nickerture. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So Keith, here's the thing. First of all, you you don't have to be on social media to be successful in business these days, even as a consultant or or whatever. You don't have to. Having said that, you know what what is a fundamental principle. People hear me. I'm like a broken record. Is especially if you're a consultant, a solopreneur, that type of thing. It's all about getting people to know you, like you, and trust you. So they can't do business with you if they don't know you exist. Uh, so the first step is, you know, you need to capture attention. And that just means going wherever your buyers are, wherever your audience is. So look, if what you do, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're offering financial planning advice and, you know, it's to people local in your community. And I don't know, they would come to a seminar at the local library and, They go to a Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. You're allowed to put up flyers. You know, there's no social media. You just put your, you interrupt, you get attention wherever they are, and then, you know, get them to like, and then, and then trust you. However, let's take the other extreme. You know, if you are offering, you know, fashion stuff or handbags and your target audience is 20 to 30 year old women, well, they're spending all their time on Instagram, on Pinterest, And so you'd better be on there. It's a good idea to be on there to all of a sudden capture some attention and then get them to, you know, to like you and and to trust you and eventually do business with you. So it's just knowing where your audience is. And even once you've decided, okay, I do need to be on social media, do you need to be on all platforms? You know, which ones are right for you? Now, this is a funny timing for the question because literally just this morning, I had a call with uh, Vanya on our team. And we've been experimenting and up in our game this week on LinkedIn. Uh, and what we found is that we have found ways to get a lot of attention on LinkedIn. Like I can do a po- one post I did three days ago had like 50,000 people read it. That's cool. Other posts we put up though are finding that nobody on LinkedIn is clicking to read articles over on LeadX. So we're getting attention on the platform, but it's not driving traffic. So Vanya and I had to ask, well, why are we here? Like if we're not getting the traffic back if we're not getting readers for our writers like what are we doing this for and in our case for now it's like okay well this is a longer term investment in brand building uh, in offering value that's like my number one thing is I want to be able to provide hope and help to people who want to reach their full potential so even if nobody buys from us or goes to our website if I'm able to hope uh, help them or give them a little bit of hope on that on that LinkedIn platform then it's worth it but we're intentionally playing a long game there. So Keith again, you don't have to do it. It's just where is your audience? Are they on Facebook or not? Are they on LinkedIn or not? Are they on Twitter or not? And if you think they are on social media, you know, then then you want to be there. And you don't have to do the whole here's what I'm eating for breakfast look in my knicker drawer. (laughs) Here's the knickers I'm wearing today. You don't need to do any of that. Um, What you can do is just uh, educate. So you can entertain or you can educate, just provide help or even show them how you do what you do. I'm often shocked that some of my most um, popular posts and videos and things are when I talk about like, how do I write a book? <laughs> how do I hire an employee or something? It's like the behind the scenes stuff. So I, I, I think without getting personal, you can just show off your work and it's going to feel more natural to you and you'll still, you'll still build an audience.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's so true. And, and every social media platform has its own kind of vibe and platform and goals, you know. So if all you want to do is share your work, I think something like Den is a perfect place to go. That's all just professionals. All you see on your profile is your professional history, your education. All you have to post is, you know, articles you enjoy or share career news if you have it. Um, it's a really safe place. You know, they don't really do so well with people kind of yik yaking at each other in negative ways on there. So I would say and I, I don't know if he's maybe scared of um of social media because the process to getting your profile set up and everything is a bit weird if you're not used to it in which case i would say you know go search on youtube there's so many videos of people yeah. telling you step to step how to set up your linkedin profile the right way um and yeah and you're in total control you know you don't have to share anything you don't want to uh, regardless of what platform you're on so you know Go, you know, go for it because it's really kind of in your in your court, really what you want people to see. Um, So that's awesome. Go, Keith. Go Knicker Drawer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So third question. Uh, This is Minnie and I'm from Thailand. What is challenging me right now is trying to work on two main jobs at the same time. When I work on the family business, I feel like I'm doing what I should do, but not what I really want to do. And when I'm working on my own illustrations, I feel like I'm doing what I love, but not what I should. Both things take up so much time and I wanna do them well and keep improving. Do you have any tips on separating time between two main things in life?
0: Yeah, me, the, um I get this a lot and it's, it's sometimes two work-related things. Like a lot of times people have a day job and then they'll have you know, their side hustle, their side project that they really want to make the day job. And there's never enough hours to do both. Or I'll get a, a version of this, which is, you know, I'm, I'm hustling and I really want to be successful at work. And yet I'm also, you know, a mom to three kids or a dad with a toddler and I want to be a good parent. There's just never enough hours in the day. And as a single dad with three kids and multiple things going on, I definitely get it. Um, what I talk about is most people, when it comes to time management productivity, it's it's almost like it's less about the productivity more about how you're feeling, how feeling stressed out. You know, I used to be on the, the, the guilt stress yo-yo, especially as an entrepreneur in my twenties. So I would stay late at work or I'd work on the weekend and I just feel so guilty that I wasn't home with my little kids. But then you know, if I was home on a Sunday, stacking blocks, you know, with my toddler, I'd be stressing out that I wasn't working on the big sales pitch that was going to happen on Monday. So I never felt good. And and the answer is to get intentional with and and be thoughtful with your values. Meaning like, what do you value in life? So I value being a parent. I value being a a husband or wife. I value my day job. I value my side hustle, my my entrepreneurial side business. Um, Identify it and then just, you know, what does good look like now? Just think it through. And unfortunately, you can't have it all. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. So I often think about like I have $1,440, you know, and I'm shuffling them out into, okay, here's my family time bucket. Here's my work bucket. Here's my friends bucket, my religion bucket, whatever it is. But um, so there's no one right answer. Like you might decide, you know what? My, the family business needs me so much this year with what's going on. I'm only going to spend Sunday afternoons on my illustrations, on my side project. Only you get to decide what's right for you. But once you've thought it through, then there's no guilt or stress. You're just working the plan. You're doing what you agreed with yourself you would you would do. And if it ever feels like, you know, you're going down that path, and it's like, gosh, I just miss illustration. I'm only doing a center. I just really miss it. Well, then just pause, think about your values, and find a way to reshuffle it. So no right answers, but go back to your values. What do you really value in life at this time? Knowing you're not stuck in this forever. And just think about how am I going to carve up that time and then just work, work the plan.
1: That's great. I feel like it's so easy to think of priorities as kind of set in stone, but your priorities change over time, you know, and it's okay to say to yourself that, you know what, I've tried it one day a week, but I think I really need it in my life much more. And maybe you can compromise with your family and take one day off a week where you get to do your thing. And then suddenly you have two days, you know, there's, like you said, there's no right answer, but it's good to kind of keep it fluid. You don't have to be doing the one thing the whole time. Um, awesome. Do we have time for another question or do we have a Facebook question? We've got
0: a couple of Facebook questions. Let's oh, go great. to Facebook questions. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing some, uh, some comments here. What kind of engagement model do you think would work for say a hundred thousand employee strong company to induce employee engagement in its culture? So Ozma, here's the thing. This is an area I've done a lot of research. Um, and this is, you know my own experience as an entrepreneur, but based on uh, survey research of over 10 million employees in 150 countries, and I'm going to talk about a strategic model, but then more psychological stuff first. There's about a dozen different things that drive our engagement at work. You know how we feel about going to work every day, but over 70% of how we feel about work has to it comes down to just three things: growth recognition and trust. So that's a simplified model. Your 100,000 people, they wanna be growing, learning new things, advancing in their career. That's the growth part. Recognition, all the employees wanna feel appreciated by their boss, by their peers. And trust isn't so much about the ethics. I mean, that's a, a basic part. It's like, I trust that the future is bright. I trust that leadership has a plan for a brighter future because if the company, if the industry is strong, if the company is strong, then probably my career in it is going to be strong. So that's, that's engaging. So that's a simplified growth recognition and trust is a simple model. Now, the other piece of this though, is that over 70% of the variance in how we feel about work is tied to who our boss is, who our manager is. So you can have, and I see this all the time, a company that has, say, very high engagement, but you look at each individual division, boss to boss, manager to manager, some will be high, others will be low. It's the same CEO, same mission statement, vision statement, same value statement. Um, All this stuff is the same. What's the difference? The boss. So a model in terms of how you execute it is once or twice a year, you need to do an engagement survey. So you know your numbers, you got something to compare it to. You can't hold that data up in the C-suite in the corner office. All, every every team leader, I need to get my own score. Hey, Kevin, you know, you scored a 3.5 on a 5.0 scale. The overall company score is 3.8. So you're below average in the company. Okay, that got my attention. <laughs> and the only way engagement, everybody gets this wrong. Engagement can only go from the grassroots up. So I need to take this report. And as painful as it is, I got to kind of have that Lunchtime meeting. And say, hey everybody, here's you know we got our scores back. Here's where we did well, but overall we've got room for improvement. You guys have said that the communication isn't great. Uh, there's not enough growth opportunities. So let's talk about that. What would have to happen on this team for you to score us higher the next time? And that conversation has to happen every boss with every one of her her team members. So that's kind of the model, growth, recognition, and trust. But your frontline managers, they need to understand the model, they need to be trained in engagement, and they need to be given the feedback every six to 12 months so that they can get better.
1: Awesome. I have nothing to add because you are the expert on employee engagement.
0: (laughs) So I appreciate that question. And we've got um, one from a mutual friend, T.C. Thompson, right? The T.C. Thompson, contributor over at LeadX.org. you want to read it, it's a long one, Tara. You want to take that? Oh, one? sure.
1: Let's do it. All right. T.C., uh, Kevin and Tara love the podcast. Question that I have is this. There are many people online claiming they have the magic bullet to promote, sell, etc., that will turn your business into seven figures while you sleep and sit on the beach, enjoying the sunset. Ah, that sounds good. Uh, are there any that are legit or is buying into these programs, simply helping them go to the beach? Ooh.
0: Yeah. So, so, okay. TC's here's what, um, here's a story. and I know you, um, you, you pinged me this email at a time when there were a lot of promotions going on. And so for listeners out there, what, for those of you who aren't getting bombarded the way TC and I do, um, There are gurus out there, a lot of internet marketing gurus, you know, how do you and whether it's, um, you know, how do you get rich at home, doing webinars, being a consultant, uh, selling your expertise in real estate, you know, everybody's got their their thing. And what they'll say usually is, you know, come for this free information session. And then at the end, it's like, if you like what I taught you so far, for $1,000, $2,000, $10,000. You can enroll in my course, my group coaching, and I'll guide you through it. And we tend to get bombarded by these because all of these people have affiliate programs. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. In theory, it's just that if I have this, hey, how to be an expert program for $1,000, well, then anybody else can sign up and say, Kevin, I want to resell your program. So if somebody clicks my link, I get 500 of those dollars. So what you get is a lot of people online on social media hey, Kevin Cruz has a great course on XYZ. Check it out. Use this link. And if I click that link that they put up, they're getting half of the revenue. So you get this army of people very incentivized to push the program. Now, TC, I've got, you know, I'm of two opinions on this. One, I believe in lifelong learning. I think most people don't put in enough time and they don't put in enough money. I spend a fortune. Like, this is scary. Like, Right now, every Tuesday at 10 in the morning, I Skype with this marketing guru who charged me $15,000, no refund policy, pay up front before the first call, no guarantees, and you know, he's, he has he's worked with very recognizable names in the leadership, author, thought leader space, but no guarantees. And I'm rolling the dice. I'm making a $15,000 bet that whatever value I get out of it is going to be worth more than $15,000 to me. And I think more people should realize like the way you should be saving for retirement, even if you're not, like you should be reinvesting in your ongoing education. So I'm not against people spending money and learning and buying online programs. And so far, by the way, Tara, I'm about halfway through these sessions and it ain't worth $15,000, but... (laughs) I'm hoping there's a big payoff at the end. But anyway, so say, like I think, Hey, if we learned something great and I spend money on a lot of these programs, because if I can pick up one good idea from a book, from a speech, from a course, it's worthwhile. Now, having said that, when I get in a room with all these people I know who are offering these programs, they call the buyers seminar junkies, people who will never implement what they're learning but they want the juice. They want to feel like they're one hit away from being a millionaire that I am working towards being a millionaire that I haven't given up hope. Like, and all these people get you excited about it. Right? So they're just spending their money for the emotional high and they never implement what they're, what they're learning. So my advice is, you know, don't be a seminar junkie. It's pick one course and then implement it. Don't do multiple courses at once or one course to the rest And a lot of them are the same. I mean, not the same. They're similar. I've uh, invested in a Brendan Burchard Expert Academy course. And I learned a few things from it. I've invested in a Jeff Walker Product Launch Formula course. I learned a few things from it. 90% of what's in those two courses was the same. (laughs) Did I need to be in both? No. So, you know, on and on, like, I would just be very careful. And don't be buying more courses if you're not implementing what you learned in in the previous ones.
1: I wonder also if there's some kind of uh, online forum somewhere, maybe on Reddit, where they review these courses a bit. Or maybe you can do some research and see if people actually found any value. Right. Um, that might be that might be a bit better. Or e- even going to Amazon and checking out their books or previous work and checking out those reviews might be helpful. But that is tough. It's hard, right? Because people want to better themselves. And you never know whether or not it's worth the money until you just do it.
0: Yeah, and Tara TC asked a follow up question in the Facebook comments where he said, you know, should should we just buy the book or is that how you, you know, <laughs> tell true experts? So TC, it's funny because that's the thing is like I mentioned Jeff Walker, who is he's he's really good guy, but you can pay two thousand dollars for his product launch formula course, or he's got a book for like ten bucks that really has the same information in it, and you can go through his three webinar teaser. And 90% of the materials in there, like you could, you could go far just by buying his book and all that, but not everybody reads a book and can learn that way. I think most Mm -hmm. people don't buy books or they buy them and they never open them. So if your learning method is video and get into those chat rooms and all that, then, then spend the extra money, but you really don't have to do that. And there's not, you know, almost anything even that these experts, I mean, I've got online courses and stuff and I think they're the best value out there, but you can get most of what I'm talking about from my books or just by emailing me or coming onto this show and asking a question. Don't give it away, Kevin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, TC, thanks for all the support and for the question. So Tara, we're at about 40 minutes. I think we got to pretty much wrap it up. Don't you think?
1: That sounds good. Uh, Do you know what guests
0: that are coming up that you're excited about? Maybe Oh, yeah. You were going to throw me that question. Um, <laughs> if you want. So here's – so uh, instead of just talking about who's coming up next week, let me just talk in general because sure. I was getting some other questions about how we're picking our guests and am I going to mix it up. What you're going to hear in um, future interviews, I'm very excited over the next month. Like when we started out, it was a lot of business authors, a lot of leadership authors, and I think we're still going to have them as a, as a core. I mean we're about leadership, about you know, leading people. However, you know, I'm trying to mix it up. And so we've got some phenomenal uh, entrepreneurs. We've got, um, uh, I just interviewed uh, last week, a woman who 20 years ago, I mean, she was in debt and like sleeping on the floor. And now she's running this $200 million uh, company called Princess House and talk all about her career path. I, I talked to Dina Dwyer Owens, who's the chairwoman of a billion-dollar company that's got all these other sub-brands. So I'm asking her about, you know, career advice and, and, and approaches like that. Um, many very uh, accomplished women. Uh, uh, Lila, Lila Jana, who's got uh, Sonosaur, so very successful nonprofit. And, um, so we're mixing it up, uh, football players, not, not all women. This one's a man, um, football player. So I think, you know, we're, we're still going to have plenty of, of best-selling authors. Cause I think it's great to get that research and their advice, but we're going to be hearing from a lot of entrepreneurs, successful business people, athletes, and, and others. So it's going to be a fun, a fun couple of months.
1: I like those interviews, too, when, when people get to share their struggle from you know, zero to now I'm on top of a billion right. dollar company. I mean, that's super fascinating to me. So I'm really excited. That sounds great, then. Um,
0: perfect. So listen, everyone on Facebook, thanks again. Um, for the podcast listeners, if you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, go to LeadX Life and uh, turn on notifications as well. And I Tara, that's it for the for the week, right? I mean, I think so. (laughs) As long as the tech worked, I think we're uh, we're good for another week. So, final note. Until next time, remember, leadership is about influence, which means we are all leaders. You're leading all of the time. You're leading. You're influencing positively when you take action with your behaviors, but you're also influencing in a negative way when you're just a bystander. So be mindful, be intentional. How will you lead today?